0: Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond. I am a church planter candidate with Mile One Mission.
2: Right over here we have...
0: I'm Matt Leahy. I'm a church planter with Mile One. And I'm David Drover, an intern with Mile One.
2: And I'm Steve Bray. I get to be the lead elder at Calvary Baptist, and I'm the executive director of Mile One Mission.
1: Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Especially you, Steve. You haven't been on a podcast for a while now, so it's great to have you here. It's great to be here
0: with you guys. Yeah.
1: So how, how's everyone doing? How, how are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> I am doing fantastic. <laughs> it is just good to be in the office. It's good to be around brothers.
1: You sound very yeah. You sound very excited. Animated. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Listen. So myself and and Steve and Adam. Uh, we traveled out of province about two and a half weeks ago, and just had an abundance of of safety. And you know, for for the concern of other people, we self isolated for two weeks. And oh, uh, I just uh, I said to Steve earlier today, I I would j- I just wanted to go outside my house today and scream freedom, like William Wallace in uh, Braveheart. But I neither had a kilt, <laughs> nor did I have the. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so happy you don't have a kilt. I'm not <laughs> Yeah, me lie. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty bad. So I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, no, I, I got to say, I'm happy to be here, too. It's nice to be back into the old swing of things, we'll say. I didn't have a workspace in my house, so I work mostly for a bedroom. So it's nice to have that you know, space again where I can come and actually do some work. How are you feeling, Mr. Bray?
2: Well, you know me, I'm, I'm extroverted extrovert. So two weeks being uh, in my dining room. Taught me a number of lessons, but the greatest lesson is uh, God made me to be around other humans. So it's just great to be here interacting with people. It also give me a great appreciation, I think, in light of the fact that we're doing a podcast, but it is 2020. Even this morning, I read this article on CBC about those that have had to quarantine or isolate. And I, as I said to you guys this morning when we met, um, you know, of all times, Christmas and for the all people, Christians, um, while I think we need to obey government and we need to be sensitive to everything that's happening, mm-hmm. if we lose our humanity while we're trying to uh, protect our mortality, I'm not sure we've, we've actually done anything. And so I, I really hope that as Christians, we you know, in our culture, it breaks my heart when I hear people write and say, you know, they're working for a living, they're coming home to their families for the Christmas season, yeah, yeah. but they're being attacked. And, um, you know, for goodness sakes, I hope that as Christians— because um, I know it's been rough on everybody. I just wrote some blogs on this, um, but that we can show the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, gentleness with those on both sides of this. A- again, I keep saying that there's those that are far more courageous about this than they should be, and there are others that are far more um, concerned about this than maybe they should be, and there needs to be a bit of a, a moderation in how we approach it all. But No, absolutely. It's good it's, to be back.
1: It's an interesting situation. You know, people turning on each other, and especially during this Advent season when we look forward to the hope and, you know, celebrate the birth of Christ, this big celebration that people are just, like, turning on each other when we like to sing, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. No, that's
0: right, and it's kind of it's crazy to think about. So, like, when, when Christ was born, he, he was born to, you know, and going back to what you just said, peace on earth and, and goodwill to all men, um, he came to, to bring peace between those who put their faith in Christ and, and, and God. And so there's this, there's this weird contrast happening right now uh, as we were just talking about how, you know, the Christmas message is all about peace with God now. Uh, and then, But we're attacking people, not only our <laughs> brothers and sisters, but, you know, those who have just, like Steve was saying, working and trying to, you know, bring money home to the family, right? So it's weird, man.
1: But no, Matt, you bring up a great point, and uh, we're just going to go right into it because you you said something there. You know we said peace on earth to all men but yet you just made a distinction there that's b- peace on earth to those who place their faith in Christ and between them and God. So obviously everyone doesn't place their faith in Christ so which is it guys like what do you, are we getting this wrong or is someone else getting this wrong?
2: Well I think some of this confusion comes to the translation issue. Mm-hmm. I think if you were, you know, in the classic peanuts cartoon uh, where I think it's Linus, is it, that reads the Christmas narrative story in yeah, that yeah. cartoon reading from Luke and um, and reading from Matthew. And, and of course, we all talk about when the angels appear and they say, you know, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, and there shall be a sign unto you. And, and so it says peace to all people. But in the newer translations, like um, you get into the ESV or others, the NIV and stuff like that, in Luke chapter 2, it says here, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, that's a subtle but cataclysmic difference of translation. Yeah,
1: I would say that makes a big difference in how we right. interpret that and uh, we apply it.
2: I got the
0: CSB here and it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors.
2: Right, exactly. Right? And
0: that is huge. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And I, th- I think that's the big thing that we're missing is that um, it's interesting if you read the entire Christmas narrative recorded in Matthew and Luke, we we don't even have to wonder about this to know that, that that's not, it couldn't have been peace to all people because when the, when the Magi show up, Herod's not at peace. It says, in fact, Matthew tells us all of all of Jerusalem was stressed Mm -hmm. that these wise men were showing up. This led to we know the the slaughter of babies in Bethlehem, two and under. So those families were not at peace. So it can't be that it's just this wonderful fairy tale pixie dust. Jesus came and now everything's at peace. And even though we have a lot of Christmas carols, even the Beatles long for this, right? (laughs) Let there be peace on earth, right? But the reality is, the translation says it's peace with those whom he is pleased. In other words, the only reason Jesus coming could bring you peace is if you actually think Jesus coming means something.
1: Mm. It it has
2: to have significance, right?
1: And, and if he, if it is, if it was, sorry, peace on earth to all men, then where is that peace now? I mean, we like to sing about it. Culture likes to put it out there that during man's time, there's peace on earth, peace be with you, and all this stuff. But where is the peace?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? We're, we're, we don't we don't see peace, especially now. I mean, we just brought it up in the beginning that people were bitter and angry at each other because you could have COVID or you do have COVID. There's no peace there. So if God is bringing peace, he obviously hasn't brought it yet.
0: But and I think the bigger question is, is, you know, it's a funny thing to say. Out of everything that the angels could have said, they said, peace, like, peace on earth to those whom he favors, right? Not, you know, now you're going to have a great life because he favors you. You know, they specifically say peace. And so what what's missing, right? Like, why, why is it so key that they mention peace? And I think it comes back to one word, the gospel. That's right? no, two, two words. It's two words. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome back, Matt. <laughs> and so it, it comes down to the gospel, really. Like you got to understand, there, there. When when Adam and Eve fell and sin came into the world, uh, we had committed, you know, cosmic rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. And so the peace, that shalom with God, was broken. And then you know, you fast forward, you know, two, three, four thousand years until Christ comes on the scene. And listen, we have other podcasts that unpack the gospel and and all that kind of good stuff. So we're not going to get into it for this. I mean, we can if we want, but... Episodes two and three,
1: if you're listening. Yeah, that's right. And so... Get into what is the gospel. Right.
0: And so Christ comes and he provides a way for that peace, that shalom to be uh, experienced again with with God. And so... Yeah,
1: Yeah, I would almost argue that it's a better interpretation. It means more to us. That says to w- to those whom God is pleased, because it's not just a general peace. That obviously, we're not seeing, but it's a peace that reconciles us with God again. If you place your faith in Christ, I mean that that's better news than just a general peace to all of the world. It's not peace with your neighbor; it's peace with God, your Creator, the the one above all things who loves us and wants that peace. But He's creating that peace because His Son was born here.
3: Yeah, and I mean what's so great about it, too, is it's peace that's not just, it's it's given to us by the birth of Christ. It's not something that we earn, it's not something that, um, I mean, I guess that's kind of the opposite of peace, is that we're always trying to to measure up, that we're always trying to get that next level, mm-hmm. but no, the gospel says that this peace that Christ provides, it's all on him, and that's one of the reasons why I think we can really, you know, actually have peace, because we're not good enough, but Christ was, so that kind of frees us to be you know, to be able to rest, to be able to find that peace um, in a time that, you know, as we've already mentioned, is already, you know, pretty crazy and pretty, um, yeah, abnormal.
2: Again, guys, you you know, your Bible, right? I I use that term, observe, interpret, imply, Mm -hmm. when you read God's Word. So these words are here, so we got to figure out what do we observe, what are we going to interpret from this, and how do we apply it? So I think there's it's not an accident that these angels say, peace to those with whom he is pleased and it says something that this has become a hallmark of the christmas season the worldwide because obviously humanity is looking for peace they want it here's the thing so we all recognize a lack of peace individually globally but i think when people hear this they are thinking just like the first century people did just like the disciples did just like the nation of israel did when they hear the word peace they think politics they think mm. economics. They think nations getting along. Right. right, exactly. We're going to finally have peace. People aren't going to fight with each other. We get, we get these ideals because from our perspective, we know that we're not at peace. Yep. We know that people are fighting, and we, as much as we want to give and show benevolence, that we are selfish, protectionist, defensive. So we, we know this instinctively, and so we're looking for this peace, but the problem is we want to define what it is, and the angels here explicitly define what peace is. Jesus coming brings a peace, but it's the peace he brings. Mm-hmm. Later in the New Testament, you will hear two little prepositions there's peace with God and the peace of God. Mm-hmm. The gospel element, Matt, what you were talking about, is how do we have peace with God? Because mm. we, the 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 relationship between God and humanity has been broken because of sin, yep. our sin. So we're not at peace with God. He's a holy, holy, holy God, as I've said many times. I didn't, nobody taught me how to sin. I just did it because I I'm good at it. Mm. I sin, right? I didn't teach my kids to sin. No, we didn't teach them how to draw on the walls with they- <laughs> exactly, right? And and when they do that, there's, there's this lack of peace. So. Jesus coming, living the life we couldn't live, dying the death we all deserve, mm-hmm. rising in victory over sin, death, and Satan, offers us now peace with God. And the angels announce, this is the beginning of this. What you've waited for, longed for, looked for, he's here. And this is the peace he's offering. Then there's the peace of God, which I think is for Christians. Well, there's the Philippians passage, right? Right. Yeah right? The peace of God that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. That's where I think for Christmas now, for the Christians listening, can we not be an example to the world in the midst of economic uncertainty, in the midst of all this COVID stuff and vaccine or no vaccine mask or Christians should example peace of God, which is not my circumstances are all peaceful. It's I have peace in the midst of my circumstances, and that, to me, is what makes Luke 2, 12 to 14 <laughs> so much rich, richer than my arbitrary desire for a world. You know, the old what was it? Uh, the guy in California that created the riots, Rodney, uh, Rodney it, King. Right. Yeah. you know, yeah. can't we all just get along? That's the desire. Mm-hmm. But our greater need is to have our relationship with God repaired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus coming yeah, that's I mean, the piece yeah, no we,
0: absolutely and like we people look at 20 like we all like to pick on 2020 because it's it's been really horrible for yes, <laughs> in a yeah. lot of ways and so people look at oh you know what coronavirus is the greatest crisis we face or uh, an election is the greatest crisis we face or you know my job or my loss of job or what, what's in my bank account is the greatest crisis that we face in 2020 no it's not the greatest crisis we face is not having peace with god yeah and so, and that's a beautiful declaration by the angels that those whom he has favor now can experience, as uh, Steve said, yeah.
2: And everybody has to know you're never going to have the peace of God till you're you have peace with God. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I actually, uh, I, I prayed this over a family last night. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a loved one dying, and I got to be there with them, and I was blessed to be there with them to be part of that with them. Mm-hmm. And but you know, she, uh, the daughter of the mother that was dying, uh, she said she's like, you know, I have I have strength in me that I never I. I know it's from God, mm-hmm. and she. I do have a sense of peace about this. I mean, obviously there was tears and that, and which is completely fine. It's okay for us to mourn. It's okay to bring things things to God, but she still had a peace. There's still a peace in the room, and that doesn't make sense to people. That's right. Who aren't Christians? How you can be so peaceful that's when your right. loved one is dying? And it was so sudden, and but that that's that peace of God because you have peace with God. So God, you know, indwelling us through His Holy Spirit, we we have that peace with us, and He keeps us at peace. And it just doesn't make sense to the world.
2: Well, again, you you dealt with that. I I mean, you guys all know, very dear friends of ours just a month ago lost their 20-year-old son and still don't know why. Did an autopsy still have no medical explanation of why a perfectly healthy 20-year-old boy in 180 days from his wedding is walking to a base, playing a game of ball, falls over dead. Mm -hmm. But uh, my friends, Tim and Aileen, talk about the emotions, the grieving, the missing, the shock and everything. But... God is good and Mm -hmm. their son is with Jesus Christ, not because they hope that, but because their son had a relationship with Jesus Christ. He was at peace with God, which then allows Tim and Aileen while they're grieving, while they're suffering, while they are crying and, and saying this is hard. They still have the peace of God Mm -hmm. because they know where their son is. And it's not because it's good outweighed as bad. It's not because it's wishful thinking. I know another balloon I'm going to pop. It's not because heaven got another angel or anything (laughs) of that nature. No, Nick was absent from the body, is present with the Lord. That's what Paul says in Corinthians. And so this gives us that understanding. To me, I would submit it makes Luke 2 so much more richer at Christmas than just some generic hope. That we just want peace on the... We just want everybody to get along. If you just love a little more. Right. If you just kind a little more. Right. You know, no, we need a radical peace. Mm -hmm. And the the key component here is you and I don't get to decide what that is. Jesus does. God is saying, here's what's wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sending my son to fix it. The question for us at Christmas, just like with the disciples... The first the Israelites of the, of the first century was because they all thought Jesus was the political revolutionary.
1: No, you're right. Yep. They
2: were looking for political peace. And Jesus kept saying, I'm not here for that because that's not your greatest need. Mm-hmm. And again, um, when the guy is let down through the roof, right? And he says, you know, your sins are forgiven you. And everybody freaks out and says, who is Jesus to forgive sins? And he goes, well, which is easier? to say, your sins are forgiven, or take up your bed and walk. But that you might know, that the Son of Man has authority over sin. I say to you, take up your bed and walk. And he does. They all thought, he's going to heal a, a lame guy. He goes, no, I'm going to actually deal with your greater disease, yep, the bigger issue sin. The and it actually ticked off the room. And I think this is what we have to be careful of. And I think for Christians at Christmas time, if you truly understand what it is to have peace with God, then you are now prepared and able to understand what it means to walk through the drunk of life mm-hmm. and have peace of God. Mm-hmm.
3: And one thing I love about, too, Luke 2, 14, as I'm reading it in the ESV, um, peace among those with whom he is pleased, that that peace that we have with God, it's, I mean, he's pleased with us. That's what that's what the passage says, with with those whom he is pleased. And going back to even what Steve was saying, you know, just generally about the gospel, about you know, how we were his enemies, how we are the sinners, how we can't, there's nothing that we do to earn that favor of God, but it's just, again, that, that God, I think sometimes it's very easy for us as Christians to think that God kind of just tolerates us.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really like me. I know he loves me, but does he really like me? And I know you just, just that say a couple that, times. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and this this passage, what it, it reaffirms with those he's pleased. God's pleased with us, but again, it's not, Again, that's why grace is so great, because it's not us, that's but right. he's pleased with us because of what Jesus did for us on our behalf of na- and now of who we are in him. So Yeah, so
2: when you're still struggling, God the Father sees you through the perfection of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ.
3: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So
2: it's, it's always safe now to go to him with your struggles. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, this is the great deception, I think, of this easy peace thing, you know, C.S. Lewis said, you're so easily pleased, right? The, the beauty of this is don't settle for world peace. Don't settle for that. That's a fringe benefit of God being in charge. Yep. Go after, cry out for, look for, and discover what it means to have peace with God. And then for Christians this Christmas, then relax. What was that and C.S. enjoy Lewis. the peace of God.
0: Sorry, brother. What was that C.S. Lewis quote uh, again about the? the he mud said pies? you're so
2: easily pleased. He said you're content to make mud pies in a yep. mud puddle when God's offering you a vacation at the beach. Right, and I mean, right. who would not want a
0: vacation in 2020? Right. Yeah. So do we <laughs> want?
1: So do we want peace that's you know, finite, or a peace that's infinite, right. that's eternal? Exactly. Right, um, and, and I think it also goes back to you know what you're saying, Dave. Like, you know, with whom God is pleased. Same as what Steve said, like we don't get to choose either what pleases God, Mm-mm. because people you, know, you could be listening and be like, no, I I definitely please God, you know. Yeah. I, you know Again, this whole I'm a good person. I'm sure right. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. But we don't get to decide what pleases God. Well, well and I mean, and it's
2: worse. The, the the problem with that is, if you go with the attitude, okay, I'm okay with God. My good outweighs my bad, or I you know I'm not the best. I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as so comparative righteousness. You only have two alternatives: delusion. You deceive yourself, convince yourself that that's true, or overwhelming torment because you constantly doubt it. Do I measure up? Have I pleased God? Am I good enough? Am I going to make it? What's really going to happen to me after I die? Mm -hmm. And that's why I can tell you as a pastor of 25 years, the number one thing I deal with in a biblical counseling point of view is anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's the weight of who am I? Am I loved? Can I be known? Is it safe? That without anything is the thing I deal with more than any other thing. And that's the deception of the lie of settling for a cheap piece.
1: No, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, we've done a really good job on that. So uh, another, you know, we'll say scripture screw wait, up over time.
0: Did that bit give you peace of mind?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you peace <laughs> of my mind now in a second. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So another thing that we generally get wrong: um, the wise men yeah yeah wh- wh- when did they visit jesus and three wise guys h- how, how how many are there
2: they must have been from new jersey and how <laughs> many wise men There's are there larry. around <laughs> this table right yeah. yeah. now larry curley <laughs> and Mo. it's again i think this is i mean i'll let the other guys talk to you know what history says i think this is a a, a greater with all kidding aside and the laughing let me let me say for the, our podcast and our podcast listeners the fact that you're bringing this up, the mm. fact that we're talking about this, just goes to show how many people can have a Bible, yep. how many people can sing Christmas carols, how many people can go to church, and just assume what something is or isn't. And yep. many people maybe listening to this will be like, "What, what, what are you talking about? What, what do you? What do you mean, wise men? What, what, what controversy? Yeah, we three kings, right?" Uh, you know, I played my drum for them, pa rum pa or whatever it is, right? And people just don't open their Bibles and read it.
1: You actually have no idea how upset I was as a child to find out the little drummer boy wasn't real. <laughs> that was like my favorite Christmas special. And when I found out he wasn't real, I was like,
2: then why would they even put it on TV? Well, it's funny. My <laughs> wife just yesterday, we were listening to this. Debbie was putting up the Christmas tree and decorated it. And she was listening to the little drummer boy. And there's some line and it says, and the, and the ox and the donkey kept time. Yeah. And Debbie was like, how foolish is that? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like you literally now you've caricatured these animals and they're keeping time like that was going down at the yep. manger and everything like that, but anyway, um, I'll it's let the other guys talk about it because I I think it might shock everybody if they actually knew the real history. Mm. You know, there was a I think a CBC did a thing. Now you know mm. the rest of the story, <laughs> yep. and there is quite a story behind these these three wise guys. Yeah. All right.
1: So, All right, boys. So, so
0: I, I think let's just get right into it. So one of the reasons why people think there were only three wise men or magi or kings or whatever you want to call them yep. um was because of the three gifts that were given right. to Christ, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you know, quite the contrary, there's probably more gifts given than that, but there was a significance and a reason why those were given. There's there's yes. relevance to the gifts. Um they say a lot about who Christ was and what he came to be and what he came to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so anyway, I guess while we are, so gold represented his royalty and then frankincense and myrrh were spices and an oil, was mm-hmm. an oil that were used for burial, burial preparation.
2: Yeah. And they also had royalty uh, attached to them as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, I was just uh, just thinking about this because uh, I'm writing a sermon for it um, in, in a couple of weeks, but you know, my boy was born a year ago and how weird would it have been for me for someone to rock up and be like, hey, I got some gifts for your boy. Here's some frankincense. And here's some myrrh, like
2: the yeah, Alpass. I'm going to re-gift that one because, you know, just the relevance behind it. But um. Well, and not only that, but if you study this, when these wise men show up, these magi, Jesus is probably somewhere between a toddler and, and like a, an infant and two years old. That's why That's right, yeah. Herod yeah. says, I want you to kill all those babies from this age and less. So, uh, you know, I've actually done this. I preached this once and actually took a a little baby about two years old brought him up on the stage with me and then had three of the biggest men I had in the church come and like bow down to him and just so people could get the physical picture Mm -hmm. of what this looked like and what a bait like and 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 the baby's just kind of laughing like looking at them like what what's going on just so you can understand just the sheer humility Mm -hmm. of what and then how bewildering that that might have been for mary and joseph just to be doing, like, mind their own business, doing right. their own thing, and then... You know. The backstory of this is, these guys were likely Medes and Persians, mm-hmm. and these guys are likely influenced all the way back to not only Daniel, but even as back as far as Moses in Egypt. These guys read, and it's very likely that these men... Were the magi, the wise men that you read about in Daniel's day? Because Daniel was actually the chief wise man, yeah, if you read was. about it, right? He was. And he wrote all these things down. He was the best of the best at interpreting dreams and all these things. So it is likely that these guys have actually read the writings of Daniel. They've put all this together and now they've come. But the other thing you don't realize is Herod was an Edomite, an Idumean, and he had fought with uh, uh, the Romans and made a backroom deal. To rule as a puppet king, but his literally, he had negotiated that his title would be King of the Jews. But the way these wise men traveled, these were wealthy dudes, men of prominence. They also came from a nation at the time. They were the one nation that had almost defeated Rome, and Herod had actually joined forces with Rome to beat these Seleucids back. And so it was upwards to two or three thousand. An entourage shows up at Jerusalem. And again, if you read the scriptures, it says everybody in Israel, if I can use the ped vina- peed themselves. They were all scared. There was a stress <laughs> that came over the entire city. This crew moves in. This is like a small army. And then they go to Herod, who's the puppet king, who's got this title that he's purchased because of his loyalty. And these guys say, where's the king of the Jews? Oh, and by the way, you're not it. And so this yep. is what is fascinating. So, again, while it's not to take away from our nostalgia, again, I think like the peace with whom God is pleased. This is actually so much bigger, more magnificent, more miraculous, more supernatural, more amazing than simply three guys rode into town.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's richer. It adds depth oh. to and it's not even, again, it's not even just a story, but to our, to our faith, to how all this came about. And if you're, you're listening and you're like, you know, where is this? Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew 2. And uh, it says, you know, it says, you know, uh, they came in and said, where is he who has been born? King of the Jews, for we saw a star. And it goes on. When Herod the king heard this, as you were saying, yeah. he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. That's right. So they assembled the, the, the chief priests and everything. But we go down to where they found the child it says the star that had they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was which we all know is all part of the story that's right except it wasn't over the stable or the manger <laughs> it was when they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house that's right they saw the child with mary his mother and they fell down and worshiped him then opening their treasures they offered him gifts Gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's mm-hmm. right. And it doesn't even say how many of each. Like right. It could it be ju-
2: multiple you just got to read the text. There's a novel idea, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> right.
1: Even, even going just to like
3: verse one and two, but bef- I think Adam picked up s- towards the end of verse two. It says in v- verse one. Now after Jesus was born. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right away. Here it is. And then it just says wise men. There's no three or anything like that. Yeah. Too. I just,
0: I just had a funny thought. So as you were reading that, I pictured, you know. Joseph out in, in, in the front yard, you know, playing with Jesus or whatever they did in the first century and then here comes 3000 wise men and Joseph's like, "Hey, uh, Mary, we got some guests." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it is likely <laughs> right that these guys camped outside the city. Yeah, yeah. They would have had uh, an armed guard, they would have had bodyguards, they would have personal assistants like every the, these were prominent mm-hmm. political figures and they show up and they would have had all the trappings that go if we had the president of the united states and the prime minister of our country and everything come to saint john's newfoundland they don't just fly down two dudes coming down on a WestJet flight i mean this is a a huge (laughs) deal this makes the news everybody in the city of saint john's would know it this was a prominent group of men now time out for the christians daniel has existed at least four five six hundred years prior to this Mm -hmm. He lived that life out of being faithful to the Lord, even in a nation that was anti-God. And centuries later, some guys show up in Jerusalem and go, we've been influenced by a guy who was faithful centuries ago. So moms and dads at Christmas, and you're wondering, will my kids trust Jesus, or kids that are praying for their parents or whatever? Listen, you and I as Christians need to just do what is right. And you never know. When you plant that seed and you just live out that godly life, how God will craft the story together that years, decades, a century later, mm-hmm. someone will be affected because you were just faithful to God. Amen. To I that. just think that's beautiful, man. And then like, who
0: was it before you, Steve? And who was it before your parents? And oh, absolutely. Right, going all the way back. That, yeah. I think that's be kind of cool to. Yeah. Yeah. So to
2: me, that's a great part of the Christmas. Teach that to your kids, not just three random dudes. Show them the almighty sovereignty of God that he actually was weaving this thing together for millennia. Like, this is not a bunch of lotto 649 perfect storm cir- circumstances. This was planned. And can, can you imagine
1: if this full story was explained at Christmas time, even in just our Christmas pageants oh. in church? How much deeper and how much more exciting it would make that Christmas story? Like, you know, people, I think, are almost bored now because anyone can almost recite to you now, yeah, yes, yeah. three guys, they follow the star. Yep. this post going around now saying that Jupiter, whatever it is, is yeah, going to yeah, make yeah. another Christmas star. And yeah, all this. Yeah. But, you know, you miss the meaning, the significance behind all this. That, again, it wasn't just two planets coming together. This mm. is all planned and orchestrated right. by God.
2: And for those that are maybe out there listening that are skeptical or cynical or whatever, just remember, your Old Testament has over 330 prophecies about jesus christ mm-hmm. many of them are about his name his birth location circumstances i mean even this right numbers 24:17. a star shall come out of jacob and a scepter shall rise out of israel these guys are reading this and they were going something's happening mm-hmm. and so just again I, I just think it's so much richer so it's not that i think people are ill-intended i don't think there was a conspiracy let's just have three dudes i just <laughs> think they missed the the here you go. Here's a, a great Newfoundland word. The profundity of it. <laughs> there you go. Right. Mm. It's just it's just as really profound.
0: And then yeah. even thinking about like just going back to the, the prophecies that were prophesied about Christ's birth alone. Right. Um, so I was doing some reading earlier this week. Well, I guess we are early this week. So late yeah. last week. Right. <laughs> um, and so for for Christ to have fulfilled uh, even just sixteen and. This statistic stands out to me. Even just 16 of the 300, it's 10 to the power of 47. Yeah. That's 10 followed by 47 I'm zeros. I was just mm-hmm. going to say, easy, man. Yeah, You're right, not right, math's right. not your strength. <laughs> it's so just easy, man. And so that that's, that's a ridiculous probability yeah. Yeah. of Christ fulfilling 16 yeah. of those prophecies.
3: But I also like what you said, Steve, too, about this not being a conspiracy, because I think there's a caution for all of us, because... I mean, realistically, it probably happened because there were some assumptions that people made, not realizing it, and then that kind of out, like that kind of came out, and then. But now, just a caution, I guess, for us is that we should read our Bibles without, uh, or try yeah. not to have those kinds of assumptions, and just that's like a great said, point, David. Read the text, guys. I'm um, telling you,
2: I've been, you know, I've I've been raised around religion my entire life, literally from the day I was born, born in Harbor Grace, raised in Harbor Grace, have a great legacy of religion, and 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 later, my parents came to Christ or Christianity. But I am telling you that just the ability to take the word of God and read it mm-hmm. and be okay to ask questions, to be okay to go, is is what I've been told what I'm actually seeing here? Mm-hmm. And that that's a good thing. Truth is not afraid of a question, okay? And, you know, for, for those that are out there wondering, hey, don't assume anything. Yeah. Don't assume. Don't assume on your pastor. Don't assume on your parents. Don't assume on anything. Don't assume on your church. Open up the Bible that God has given to us and read it and go to God with your questions and all of these things, and God will show you these things. He really, really will.
0: And if you don't know where to read, just ask. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Just ask. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Well, guys, we're up on our limit here, so uh, we'll clue up. Um, Yeah, we could probably have a full episode on scriptures that haven't messed up. Oh, yeah,
2: because we didn't even touch, was Jesus born on December 25th? Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. So spoiler
1: alert, he was not born on December 25th. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. thanks for listening, and uh, try not to screw up any more scriptures. Read your Bible, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you'll catch us here again next week.
2: Merry Christmas, everybody. You
0: have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.